You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Storm Tracker Podcast here. I'm Marcus Benjamin, chilling with my guy, Frank Tucker from the crib, South Florida. And this is at the crib with canescounty.com, part of the rivals.com network. And we are going to talk a little Miami Hurricanes game week uh, this week. They play Miami of Ohio. We'll find out who the real Miami is by the end of the week. And we're also going to talk a little bit of recruiting as well. Uh, of course, uh, some great news for the Hurricanes last weekend and a lot of a lot more targets that Miami is looking at as well. Uh, but once again, before we get started, make sure you subscribe to canescounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. Like I said, you can subscribe for free for the first 30 days with the promo code Miami30. You see it scrolling at the bottom there. Make sure you also subscribe, like, and comment on this podcast and YouTube channel live from Canes County. So now we've had some big news come out today, Frank. Um Cristobal has been in somebody's DMs, apparently, and was able to kind of pull him to Miami. Jamil Burroughs, defensive tackle from Alabama, was in the transfer portal, but apparently is enrolled at Miami, according to reports. I think it's a great move, obviously, because when you look at this defensive tackle position, you got players like... Leonard Taylor and Branson Dean likely going to be the two starters and maybe rotate uh, Akeem Mesador and maybe Ruben Bain in the middle as well because those are the two versatile guys. And then behind them, you've got Ahmad Moten and Jared Harrison Hunt and pretty much an unproven Joshua Horton as your defensive tackle guys. So it definitely is a good move to kind of bulk up a position of need. What what were your thoughts of when you heard the news come out today? I liked it. I, listen, he's in Saban's backyard heavy this offseason. He got Javion Cohen, offensive guard, who's one of the better players on this Miami team. Now he's got a defensive tackle from Alabama who actually played at Alabama last year. Double-digit pressures. What uh, was a guy that was able to get interior uh, pass rush ability out of himself. Uh, very early on in his Alabama career. And listen, anytime you can add depth on the defensive line, it is a positive. We saw what the trenches look like on both sides of the ball at points last year once injuries started to hit. And listen, it can derail a whole season. This is a kid that could be a depth guy. Uh, obviously, he's going to have to learn the defense. But if he can give a pass rush type role very early on in his Miami career, that would be a huge bonus. Uh, I, I think that Miami at the top is really good. Branson Dean is one of the best transfer portal defensive tackles uh, out of this last cycle. Leonard Taylor is a potential first-round draft pick. We've heard really good things about Ahmad Moten. Uh, we, we know that Josh Horton is a guy that they see as a potential first-round draft pick. But things have been really quiet with guys like Thomas Gore and Jacob Lichtenstein. It almost makes you wonder what's really going on there. Are they guys that are going to be able to contribute this year? Because I haven't heard anything. I don't know about you, but it's been pretty quiet. And those were two guys. Those were two guys that came over as transfers in the past two seasons. And 
it, it, those kind of look like misses for Miami. So if, if Burroughs, who brings a, a comp- comparable size to what Miami's looking for as they develop the trenches to compare to the rest of college football's powers, it, it's only going to help. It's only going to help, and, and I love the move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I think it kind kind of came as a surprise, very similar to how Lucia Stanley kind of came as a surprise last year when they added the running back from UAB. Uh, it was kind of it's kind of under the radar adding a player this late in the game. I mean, literally, we're we're forty eight hours or so away from game one, and and you're still adding depth uh, to the roster. So. It's it's definitely uh, a surprise uh, to kind of see that happen, but kind of a pleasant one to see some depth added at a key position. I'm going to move on to uh, the uh, next topic, which is uh, Zaquan Patterson, the five-star out of Shamanad Madonna, makes his commitment to the U on Saturday at halftime of the game against St. Francis. Maryland, uh, it was kind of a blowout game, but although, um, you know, looking back at the tape, this game was a lot closer than that score indicates because they had two pick sixes in the game and St. Francis's starting quarterback, Michael Van Buren, was knocked out early in that second half and Chaminade was down 14-7 at halftime. So uh, this could have been a lot closer, but Zaquan Patterson, when I look back at the tape, had an outstanding game. He just he was all over the field, made a bunch of solo tackles. He pressured uh, uh, Van Buren on the play that was a pick six, the first one. He's the one that caused the pressure, and then he also caused the pressure that caused Van Buren to ultimately be injured in the game. So he and he had a blocked extra point. So he. He was pretty much all over the place, uh, and now he will be in Coral Gables eventually next season. Frank, your thoughts on on Zaquan committing. And props to you for having that, by the way. Props to you for having that, sticking to your guns the entire time when there was all this FSU, no smoke, and apparently it was a facade, just like you said, in the message board on canescounty.com. Uh, I just wanted to give your flowers on that. I appreciate it. And listen, that was an injection of media influence from that Florida State staff that I, I wish it didn't go down that way because there was nothing from Zaquan Patterson that indicated that this was going to go anything other than Miami. We, we saw that it was Michigan and Miami for a long period of time. Michigan didn't hit certain things in his recruitment that it needed to, and that became a Miami forefront going forward. It, it, it was it was super easy to see for me. Obviously, I'm a little bit closer to this situation than most. I've known Zaquan for a long time, and, and he's one of my babies. Loved the kid to death. So I'm very biased on what this means to Miami recruiting. He is an exceptional talent. We saw it on, on full display Saturday. There's a reason he's a five-star football player. He is a football player. He's not just a safety. He's kicked off the game with a huge hit. Uh, on a punt return, blocks an extra point, like you said, which is one of dozens that he's done over the course of his high school career. Uh, He also had a pick six the week before. Uh, I think he had nine tackles overall in that game, a couple tackles for loss, 
like you said, a couple of pressures on Michael Van Buren and Oregon commit. And overall, he just showed how versatile he is and the type of impact he can have very early on at the University of Miami. He already fits the size perspective that Miami wants at any position on the field. He's six foot one, on probably around 190, 100, probably inching closer to 195 pounds as each day passes by. And unlike a lot of safeties, he doesn't have this ego that he has to be sitting over the top. He loves to blitz off the edge. He likes to play in the box. He likes to be that flat defender in a cover three type setting. So he, and he has that versatility to be a true athlete on this defense as well. We've seen him at seven on seven cover some of the best in the country at cornerback and, and, and do it at a high level. We've seen him get picks in, in two high settings as a safety. He's got five interceptions over the course of his high school career. So he has the capability of doing that. And outside of just what Zaquan brings to the table as a prospect, this continues the pipeline of Shaman Madonna. I know for a long period of time, you know, around a year ago, we, we saw this kind of go away a little bit, right? Dad Franklin ends up transferring out of the program uh, with, with rumored conflict with Miami coaches. Allen High doesn't pan out. Uh, Corey Pouch hasn't really developed into a start, a consistent starter for this Miami team. Uh, so overall, this combined with Josiah Trader committing to the University of Miami means two of three five-stars on this team are set, deciding to stay home. That is huge. And not only that, it continues the momentum that Miami has uh, in recruiting Jeremiah Smith. I know Florida State is a player in that. Georgia's trying to get back in. Florida's thinking that they have a shot. And Ohio State is doing everything possible, uh, i.e. offering Chance Robinson an official scholarship and trying to make him the fourth commit committed receiver in the class, basically. Uh, but overall, Miami is doing what they need to to make things happen at Shamanah Madonna. And this is a, uh, just a sure. next step towards that. If you look at this 2025 and 2026 class, even 2027 at Shamanah, it is absolutely loaded on this roster. And Miami is, has their eyes set on a number of these guys. And I think that you're going to see a couple more offers go out this season with Jaquari Lewis, who's a four-star running back. In our rankings, top 250, uh, borderline top 250 guy, top 30 running back who has the ability to play in the slot. Kyle Washington, a top 250 player, slot receiver with elite speed and a nice offer sheet. Uh, we saw uh, Anthony Smith, Anthony Man Man Smith, defensive tackle, playing defensive tackle for them, right? Yeah. It, it, one after the other. There is plenty of guys that Miami is going to want at Shamanah Madonna going forward. And, and the more representatives you have from that championship winning program and a team that could compete for a national championship this season, it, it only helps. And I, I, I love what Mario Cristobal and Dennis Smith and, and Lance Geiger, who deserves a lot of credit for, for what he's doing on the recruiting trail, have done uh, in, in, in building a, a pipeline to Shamanah Madonna despite outside factors uh kind of creeping themselves in yeah an outstanding get for for miami for sure they are now 13th when it comes to the rivals teams team rankings 22 recruits all together and now have two five-star talents to its class and that that pipeline like you said the shamanad madonna uh could 
continue. We'll move on to this week's game, man, uh, Miami versus Miami. And uh, a lot of interesting comments before we kind of dive into this game from Brett Gabbert, the quarterback for, for the Red Hawks, said, was asked. About, I, I think he kind of took the bait with the question, you know, that, that's that's what us media people do. We, we put the bait out there and some people bite and some people don't. And, and Brett bit the bait and said that Miami of Ohio is the real Miami, which, you know, all the fans have kind of now heard that. So they're going to be a little bit more juiced up for this game. And I personally actually asked Cameron Kinchins during the uh, press conferences this week about Brett's comments. And of course he did it in a very business-like fashion saying basically that they don't need any more motivation. They are motivated motivated enough already who wouldn't for a season opener so we do have a game preview coming up that my guy frank put together where he kind of broke down everything but when i first look at this game i'm concerned with you know two things that every football team is concerned with right running the football and stopping the run right and and with our with, with, with this team, it, it's been a cause for concern with stopping the QB run, especially. So from what you've seen or, or, or read or researched, Frank, what are the chances that Miami stops the run and, and is able to run the football? Yeah, just starting off on the offensive side of the ball. Listen, this is a very good defense. They bring back a middle linebacker that had 124 tackles. Last year, five of their returning tackler, their leading returning tacklers come from the secondary. And that means that there's a physicality to this defense that not many group of five programs have. Uh, they also basically return their entire defensive line, which is huge. They have two guys with five plus sacks. Uh, one of them is a projected all Mac performer this season, according to pro football focus. And this is going to be one of the better defenses that Miami plays all year long, in my opinion. Uh, they were number one in the conference in scoring defense and run defense. Uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, they, they were number one in run defense as well. So it's going to be a tough, tough game uh, for Miami running the football. Now, I think that Miami is going to be able to stop the run pretty easily with Miami, Ohio, because they lost their leading rusher from last season. And Gabbert's not your total prototypical dual-threat quarterback. He's right. more of a pocket passer. He ran for 150 yards in his last full season as a starter, showing that he has some mobility, right? He can break the pocket a little bit, make some plays when there's just a, a, a lane for him to run, maybe breaking some first down opportunities, um, which we saw from time to time, even from the not even the best of runners um, yeah. in the Kevin Steele defense last year. But overall, I think Miami is bringing a whole different approach under Lance Godry. Um, and I think that this defensive line is coming in pretty healthy. The linebacker core has has gotten upgraded in a major way with an influx of freshman talent, plus Francisco Maunoa, who I think is one of the best linebackers in all of college football, plus James Williams coming down closer to the box. It, it, there's a recipe for success to be had with Miami stopping the run. Uh, I, the one thing that I'm more concerned about is, is Miami going to be able to go against an experienced quarterback who has had some statistical success uh, 
i.e. Middle Tennessee State last year and yeah. show that they can be consistent on the back end of their defense, right? You got a lot of moving parts outside of James Williams and Cameron Kinchins. It, it, it's the Brown brothers. It's Daryl Porter. Is to Corey Couch going to make that step up this year as like a sixth, sixth year guy, basically? Uh, it, you know, are any of those young guys like Jadias Richard going to be able to come in and make anything happen? Uh, there's a lot of question marks on the back end of Miami's defense, especially at cornerback. So I would love to see them be able to limit the passing game rather than stop the run game because it, it's not going to be that much of a factor. Miami of Ohio has struggled in the run game for years now. Uh, now, the one thing that is kind of scary to me, anytime this team has rushed for, I think, over 180 yards, they're 5-1 and one in the past year. Mm. Um, so if, if there is some success to be had, they can cause some problems. But overall, there's not a lot of talent in that, in that Miami of Ohio backfield. It's the Gabbert show. Um, he has some speed on the outside, and he does have a tight end. That is six foot five and able to jump into the slot as as well as more of your modern uh, tight end, uh, out you know outside receiver threat uh, in the new game, new age of football. Yeah, I think this is a game where the corners are going to be tested here because if I'm Miami of Ohio, I, I'm going to try to test these corners. I mean, new guys here with Miami, I, I am going to try to take my shots because if they are going to stop the run like you say they will, then they, they're they going to have to take shots, right? So I think they'll try to do that early and really trying to open up that defense so they can, you know, gash them later with, with some, you know, draws or some misdirection type of runs. So – that would be my game plan if, if I were Miami of Ohio. So I really kind of want to see one of the keys to the, this game for me is definitely are we not going to see these big plays that we saw Miami give up last season? Because Miami had superior talent to, to Middle Tennessee State. I don't care what anybody says. They just got beat on four or five deep plays. And that ultimately was the difference in the game. So that has to be shut down. And I think with the experience that you have with the Cam Kitchens, the experience that you have with a Devontae Brown, I think that is shut down. And I, I, I really don't see this team, Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks, scoring more than a touchdown in this game, unless Miami has a critical turnover or some kind of special teams miscue. I, I, I really don't see... Miami of Ohio scoring more than one touchdown in this game. They, they may get a couple of field goals uh, to add with that touchdown. But um, that that's kind of the main key for me. Can they stop the big play? I mean, stop, stop the deep ball from happening. And um, I think they will. Well, what's the key for you? The key for me is stopping Gabbard. It, he's, he, you know, the last time he was healthy, obviously last year, he only played in four games and, was injured with a shoulder injury, but before that, 26 touchdowns is nothing to shake a stick at, right? Like, he, he's a good player, uh, and he's had Miami of Ohio as a bowl contending team uh, under his leadership. So, I, I think overall, he brings back two of his top three returning uh, receivers from last year. One of them is a big speed threat, 
So like you said, this is very similar to the middle Tennessee team that they didn't really have to th- run the football on Miami last year. It's passed for over 400 yards, put over 40 points on the board. And the other factor for me is Tyler Van Dyke, right? We, we know that the thumb injury is going to be a factor. Uh, he's supposedly 100% coming into this game. That's that's what's being thrown out there. I don't know how he can be 100% if there was question marks of if he was going to play or not. But we will see. I hope he is because I don't know if you can rely on Emery Williams or Jakari Brown uh, in any capacity as of yet. Emery Williams was a three-star prospect. We, we talked about it. He was a project. He could be the future of this program. He's the talent to do it. I just don't know if he's ready. Yeah. right throwing him in the fire very early on i don't know if that's such a good idea uh but jakari brown he, i don't know if he has shown that he is able to be the passer that he needs to be on a consistent basis and this is a miami of ohio team that's going to stop the run don't think a read option offense is going to be what it takes to for miami to get the blowout that they need to kick this year off uh, i think we're kind of tired of seeing 30 to 7 results uh, against the likes of Appalachian State and UAB. And Miami needs to turn the corner against these group of five opponents. The key to that is going to be Tyler Van Dyke. The The run game is going to be fine. You got A.J. Allen, you got Mark Fletcher, you got Henry Henry Parrish. You, you even, you know, have a couple guys behind them that, that are going to be able to contribute in this game. But overall, it's going to be the passing game that has to show in this air raid attack that it's alive again, right? When when Rhett Lashley left, so did the passing game. And and I want to see Tyler Van Dyke get back to that Heisman form. We need to see 300 yards and four touchdowns from this guy within the first three quarters, in my opinion, to show that this is a team that can win eight to ten games and what could be a tougher ACC this season. So overall, the key to success for me is how is Tyler Van Dyke going to look and how is this defensive backfield going to look? Because this is going to be a game predicated on a passing game, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think there needs to be some plays downfield here. Uh, I mean, uh, I can't think of too many plays downfield that we saw last season. I think we got to go back to maybe 2021 to really kind of see a lot of plays downfield. And when when you talk about plays downfield – I kind of want to see some plays to Brashard Smith. I want to see some plays to maybe Elijah Arroyo from what we hear. He is basically ready to go. And 100%, if if not near 100% healthy at this point, if that's so, then we need to see him involved in the passing game because early on before he got injured last season, we were calling for that. You and I were calling for that while we were in the press box, like how come Elijah Royo is not getting more touches or, or getting more targets and opportunities. So I definitely want to see Elijah Royo come back true to form, catch a long pass down the seam to really threaten a defense from the tight end position. You know, uh, I kind of really want to see that. We, we did see that in spurts last year from a Will Mallory, but Elijah Arroyo is a lot more athletic or I think is a, is actually more talented to me than a Will Mallory, and which is saying a lot because Will, Will Mallory was a fifth-round NFL draft pick. So definitely want to see plays downfield. Uh, that, that has to be something we see in the game, and uh, which takes me to just the players that just needs to step up. 
this not only in this game but this season last season you know yeah you, you maybe had what i call i guess no show type of seasons or or maybe seasons where players weren't living up to their full potential and i'll i'll throw out a name that i think needs to step up and for me that's jacoby george jacoby george needs to step up because you know, last year he's kind of in a, in a lineup. He did have an injury, um, and he was suspended, I believe, for for a couple of games as well. But this season, you want to see full season from Jacoby George. You're you're, you're being taught under a, a wide receivers coach who was a wide receiver, uh, as his time in, in, in at the U with Kevin Beard. So, also from Plantation High School, like George. So. You, you kind of want to see him take the next step because he is a, a sure-handed receiver and he's explosive. So I I think he actually has a potential to be the player of the game on Friday night. I think he can, you know, make those plays downfield and also eat up chunk yards with yards after the catch. Jacoby George is a, is a player that definitely needs to step up in this game and the season. What player for you needs to step up? I think the whole offense needs to step up. But <laughs> one guy that I'm, I'm really excited to see in this offense is Tyler Harrell. You talked about those big plays. You talked about the need for explosive plays that we have not seen from this offense. You and I at the beginning of the year before Elijah Royal kind of got banged up that – he was one of the only players that w when the ball got in his hands, things were going downfield, right? It was the biggest plays of the year other than Bethune-Cookman appearances from Xavier Restrepo uh, was Elijah right early on and, and occasionally Colby Young, you know, up top and somebody in a big way. Uh, Tyler Harrell is elite from a, from a speed standpoint. Around a 4-2 speed, uh, guys at the senior bowl are saying that he could potentially – break the 40-yard dash record at the NFL Combine when that time comes. That is huge, huge kudos, right? He, he's, he is a player that came from Alabama, didn't have any success, was a star at Louisville for one season, averaging over 20 yards a catch. He's got to come to Miami. He's back home. We've seen him on the jugs machine heavy. That He's got to have that season where we see some life, so he has an opportunity to make it to the league. Because if it's just another no-show season, like you said, we've seen from so many Miami receivers especially, he's just another guy. He, he's a jag for this uh, Miami Miami offense. And I think that they need him to be more than that because I don't know how much you're going to get from Brashard Smith. He's kind of become more of a possession receiver, averaging around 10, 11 yards per catch. Colby Young, we know, is wide receiver one. And he's going to be game-planned against that six foot four with really good speed. Jacoby George, while having that South Florida ability after the catch and, and, and making some things happen like he did against Texas A&M in moments, overall, he's not the speed threat over the top. Neither is Xavier Restrepo. And I don't know if Ray Ray Joseph and Robbie Washington are ready just yet to take this offense over. Tyler Harrell is an experienced player who has elite speed, and he's also six over six feet tall. So I, I love what that he could potentially provide to this offense. Another guy I'm really excited to see 
Shamar Kirk, how quickly has he adjusted to this offense? Um, what, what are we going to see from him? It seemed like the staff was really excited about what he could potentially bring to the table. They kind of prioritized him uh, in the offseason as one of those guys to inject some talent into this receiver room. So those are really – I want to see what the additions look like in this group because we, we've seen what these guys look like in this Miami receiving core. You kind of are what you are. Right, Tyler Van Dyke, we don't really know with Tyler Van Dyke because we've seen such highs and such lows. But with the receiver room, it's, it's been mostly just here. It's just been, you know, it's, it's, it's like a heartbeat. It's not very much up, crazy up and down. It's more do-do, do-do. And, and I want to see somebody that gives me some highs. I want to see a guy that is, is giving me an 80-yard touchdown, getting the, getting the stadium excited, you know, because if we're able to do that, you're able to maybe make some things happen against the likes of Florida State. Uh, you're able to make some things happen against the top teams on this schedule. So uh, Clemson being one of them. So I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the additions look like. Yeah, me too. Um, so we are about 48 hours away from from the game, and Miami is a 16 and a half favorite. You think they cover the spread on Friday? If Van Dyke is playing, I do. I do. I do think that they hit the spread. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be – I don't know if it's going to be like a 63 to 13 type result like a lot of fans are hoping for. We, we've seen some comments on the YouTube uh, uh, page, you know, on the YouTube channel saying like, oh, this is going to be a blowout. Or on the message board, oh, this needs to be a blowout. I don't know if it's going to be like that. This is a brand-new offense. You're, you're completely changing the scheme. You have a lot of new additions. It's a basically brand-new offensive line, a lot of youth in the, in the running back room, and Tyler Van Dyke's a little banged up. So I think that they cover the spread, um, but probably like 27 to 10 or 35 to 10 type result. If we're lucky, we might see like a 45 to 7 type thing. But overall, um, mostly defensive – mostly defensive performance with hopefully some big plays from the offensive side. Well, we will see. We will see. We've been waiting uh, for a long time for football. So we are finally going to get it back at Hard Rock Stadium and find out who the real Miami is. Um, I think it's pretty clear who, who the real Miami is. Um, when I asked, when I asked just kind of casual people uh, like, did you know that there's another Miami? They're like, no, I had no idea. Like, why? And most people, some people would ask me too, is like, why do they have an FL next to Miami? And I'm like, oh, because there's a, there's a Miami of Ohio. So we'll see what happens. The last time Miami played Miami of Ohio, it was 54 to three, although that was in the glory days of the Miami Hurricanes in the late 80s. And it was part of that 58. Uh, home winning streak. Hopefully, this is the be the beginning of a new one, <laughs> or or yeah, a beginning of a new one because they did lose their last home game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, hey, he can have confidence in his team. I haven't really even heard about Miami Ohio, even as a college football fan, since Ben Roethlisberger was was in the program. Like, right. I can't even name right. a player from Miami of Ohio. In the NFL, I really can't, and that's that, that is, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, man, like that's the claim to fame, and 
you know, they were part of the reason he he dropped in the draft, you know. So it right, is what exactly. it is, I guess. Exactly. Nobody knew who he was. If he if he was in a better team, he'd probably be the first player, uh, first quarterback taken. But that was a hell of a draft uh, that year. I believe Manning and um, no, that Rivers. was the Aaron. I think that was 2004, and I'm pretty sure it was Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith, um, and a couple other guys. Okay, we'll look it up uh, to, to to see for sure. But um, Got let's you. move on. Let's move on to some high school ball, man. Um, and there were a lot of great players uh, that uh, Miami commits that really showed out. Go to canescounty.com for a rundown of the players that that had some top performances of the week. Got some big games coming up this week too. Miami Central travels to Vegas. Uh, one of well, I think both of our guys, the 305 Sports Twins, will be out there for the game covering our guy uh, or or Miami's commit, Elijah Lofton, but, of course, our hometown team in Miami Central. So it's it's going to be a very, uh, very interesting uh, matchup there. Two top ten teams battling it out out west. Last time these two teams met, it was a field goal game. It was here in Florida, but it was on the west coast of Florida. Uh, and it was a field goal game uh, that uh, Gorman came out with a victory. And no lights out. And, and Central was out without their starting quarterback in that game, okay? Yeah. Mike Alhado, the quarterback for Bishop Gorman, was still the starter at the time. And Miami Central still almost knocked him off. I like I like South Florida in this one, man. I, I think that they're going to – Surprise, I think they're going to pull surprise. off. Surprise, surprise. But the matchup <laughs> I am looking for here is Bishop Gorman has two of the best offensive linemen in the country. I think Miami's offered both of them. One is a tackle, one is a center. And it's going to be a matchup of Armando Blunt and Randy Adarica against these two guys. So we're going to see what they're able to do against the best in the country. Armando Blunt, six sacks against Vanguard a couple weeks ago uh, yeah. to kick things off. That's huge. I I went into it almost thinking like that's there's a typo there. Somebody messed something up. Maybe they meant tackles for loss. And then you go back and watch his highlight tape. There's six sacks there, which is extremely surprising, even with a guy who's a five-star ranked player because yeah. there were times we didn't even see Ruben Bain get six sacks in a game. So right. uh, it's gonna be that's going to be a fun game. I wish it was on, on, on national television. Unfortunately, it won't be. I think Bishop Gorman has their own oh. streaming service. Oh, okay. That's Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I think you go look online. Bishop Gorman Athletics believes that they have their own media team, so you can check the game out there. There's also Shamanah Madonna versus Cardinal Gibbons, so you'll see you know former Miami target tight end Colton Heinrich, current Georgia commit, uh, mixed with some other really good talented players at Cardinal Gibbons, going against a, a plethora of Miami targets and commits at Shamanah Madonna in a Broward matchup of private schools that are routinely state championship contenders and routinely finish it off with state championships. So excited for that game Friday. Unfortunately, it is on the same night as Miami's home opener. Uh, so uh, we're going to have to logistically find a way to be able to go watch our high school guys as well as our college guys. Uh, well, the great the great thing night. is is that after the game, I'll be able to find that stream and watch uh, 
you know, Gorman and Central because that game starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Hopefully Miami Hurricanes are absolutely putting it on uh, Miami, Ohio, so you can get out of there <laughs> quick, get get through that press conference, and right. then it's on to the Bishop Gorman Miami Central game um, yep. for you and your viewing purposes. Yeah. So, uh, so I, 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 you haven't put out the rankings yet, you know, but I'm pretty sure they're in the works. I'm a little disappointed because I like to have that graphic up so we can discuss. Um, I know it's been a crazy <laughs> week. It's been a crazy week, unfortunately for me. Um, but hey, listen, the rankings you, have changed can you tremendously. Me, can you give me the top five? I can give you the top five. Shaman Madonna stays at number one. Miami Central number two. We got a surprise at number three. Miami Norland coming off a huge Ooh. performance against 2022 state champion Lakeland, where they nearly put up half a hundred. Jumps to number three over St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm putting St. Thomas at four, uh, despite uh, you know a tough game against St. John Bosco. I so, do so think St. That Thomas dropped one spot. One spot. They dropped okay. one spot. <laughs> okay. And then I got and then I got Booker T. Washington at my fifth spot, followed up by American Heritage, Western High School, and then Christopher Columbus. Uh, Homestead unfortunately disappoints me. They were my they were my dark horse this year. I had them right under St. Thomas because I thought that was going to be the battle of 3M. And then they go and fall to Miami Palmetto, led by Ja'Cory Party, who's playing quarterback. But he was playing quarterback. Wasn't that game called early? No, no. So they, they had the scare where everybody had to hit the floor. Unfortunately, that happens sometimes in South Florida. We got to deal with that at times. Right. But it did finish. It did finish. Okay. Uh, I actually watched it on the live stream. And, uh, they, you know, Palmetto got a tough fourth down stop, um, you know, as, as time kind of ticked down. Um, as they as Homestead was getting into uh, their side of the field. And, they, you know, they pulled off the upset 13 to 12. Extra points do matter, people. Yeah, they they do. do. Kickers <laughs> kickers are football players, too. They and sure unfortunately, unfortunately for Homestead, uh, they did not uh, succeed in their two extra point opportunities. So they fall very far in my rankings. Palmetto makes a huge rise. Uh, so you got two surprise teams in my top 10, Coconut Creek and Miami Palmetto. I hope Miami continues to push for Jacory Barney because he's a dynamic player. He has he has gotten he has gotten my Miami Palmetto back into the good graces of South Florida High School football, yeah. and he's doing it at a position that is not natural to him. He's playing quarterback, and he's actually making some throws, which is super surprising, while showing how special he is athletically by just running all over everybody. So he, he's going to be a player to watch all year long. I would not be surprised to see if he ended up being a large school, the 3M and 4M uh, Miami Dade offensive player of the year in, in Dade County this year. That's, that's how good of a year I think he's trying to put together. So um, that's a huge performance that I would love to talk about. And, I know we wanted to talk about performances a little bit. I got to give a shout out to Enyo Yapor, 2025 quarterback from Miami, Norland. Over 500 yards of total offense, 480 of them coming through the air. I know he's a dual threat quarterback. He puts 480 yards on a Lakeland defensive backfield 
riddled with Division One kids. He scores six touchdowns, five of them through the air, and puts up 48 points, 48 points on a Lakeland team that is just loaded with talent and expected to once again compete for a state championship. So huge shout-out to EJ over at Norland. Norland is continuing to surprise people. The Predator. The predator. And I can't, and I'm taking credit here. I came up with that nickname. I did. I did. I came up with that nickname. I made a graphic early last year. If you know EJ, you saw his face mask very early on in his high school career. Mixed with the dreads and just, you know, a a very strong frame. He's a kid that mimicked the predator heavily. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Changed the helmet up a little bit. Yeah, he's scary out there when he's running the ball, too, because he's not afraid of contact one bit. Yeah, so. and then, like, there were two plays that he made. They had him for a safety with three guys draped on him. He throws it out, and they get a first down. Then another play, he breaks three tackles in the backfield and throws a dart to Miami target receiver in 2025, Jade Card, and he just walks in for a touchdown just because of the, the sidearm throw mixed with broken tackles from one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the country. So shout out to EJ. That's my performance of the week. I don't know about you, but I, I got to give credit where credit is due and he deserves it in a big way. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, if I'm going to say a performance of, of the week, uh, I think it's a kind of a co-performance of the week with Zaquan with, with the number of tackles that he made and him all over the field and Chris Wheatley Humphrey, man, he, Ran for over 200 yards. I mean, yeah, it was against Doral Academy or, or whatnot, but still, 200 yards is 200 yards, and I think he deserves more recognition than what he has, I guess, gotten so far, and he's on his way to his fourth star. So I just wanted to shout out, shout out him as well as his team, South Broward, shut out Doral, 46 zip. So, he averaged 17 yards per carry in that game. Which is insane. That's insane. He had 12 <laughs> touches. He scored three times and averaged yeah. 17 yards per carry. I told everybody when he committed, right, this was a Chris Johnson type addition. We saw Chris Johnson go from a Rutgers commit to a four-star running back who sat pretty close in the rankings to Mark Fletcher. I think the same thing could happen for Chris Wheatley Humphrey. Uh, we've talked about it pretty much at a, at nauseum now. And he, we know what he can do in South Florida people. I think that the nation is going to continue to get a, a better look on him as he continues to rack up 200-yard games because he is going to do it routinely for that South Broward team yeah. as the focus for them. Absolutely. Um, definitely more from him during the season. I'm going to definitely catch a game, and I'm going to show off my editing skills once again and put it, put together a, another highlight reel. Um Fans uh, seem to really love that, so I'm going to do my best to do that. But that's going to wrap it up for the Canes County Storm Tracker Podcast. Um, Another great episode. Uh, Catch us next time where we always talk Miami recruiting, of course, Miami athletics as well. Make sure you subscribe to the website, canescounty.com. Use the promo code Miami30 for the first 30 days for free. Don't forget to also like, share, subscribe, and comment to this YouTube channel and podcast. Until the next episode.